Welcome to Tales of Moxie. I'm Desiree. And I'm Jenna Lee, and we're your hosts each week. Each week, we interview women to hear their stories, and we address topics that don't usually get talked about so openly. Be ready for honest and raw conversations about all the things we're struggling with as real women. We're switching it up a little bit this week, and we are having a man on the podcast for the very first time. This week, we interviewed Brian Ricks, a stay-at-home dad, who told us all about what it's like being a man in a role that is typically played out by a woman. He also talked to us about marriage, um, Christianity, all sorts of things. He had so much insight and so much wisdom, and honestly, it is so neat to have a male's perspective on here because we can learn so much from each other, and I think it's important that we take the time to actually listen what men think as well as women. So I hope that you guys learn just as much as we did and that you guys enjoy it just as much as we enjoyed talking to him. Welcome to Tales of Moxie. This is an exciting episode for us because this is the first episode that we have a man on. Hey! <laughs> so we're really excited to welcome Brian Ricks, who I've known for quite a while and has been a dear friend of ours, to bring his perspective on different things and to kind of shed light on some relative topics and to just bring the man's perspective. So Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. We kind of always jump in and start with you just telling us about yourself and sharing your story. So wherever you want to start, we'll go from there. Okay. Um, I've lived in this uh, Tascadero pretty much my whole life. Uh, went to North County Christian School, K through 12, uh, and then graduated. Went to Biola University and uh, graduated from there. And then uh, my goal kind of was out of college was to be an athletic director and um, coach basketball. Um, and so I came back and did some coaching and substitute teaching for a while at North County Christian, my alma mater, and then eventually started teaching full-time there and still coaching, and then kind of when the economy started to go bad in the later 2000s, uh, I got let go, and then I kind of jumped around different jobs and stuff, worked out at Diablo Canyon for a while, and uh, tennis warehouse for a while and um, just some random places and then uh, got broke so I had to move back with my parents which was a fun experience and then um, uh, got a job back at Dabble Canyon for a few months um, it was a temporary job that could have been a full-time job but I turned it down because I just didn't feel it was the right job for me and uh, this is where God was starting to kind of change things in my lives I didn't know about it uh, at that time because I was actually really really low in my life this time mm. um, just living at home with the parents and just because they live in the mountains and just kind of away from everybody so just how old were you at this point? 27 okay um, and uh, so coming back to, down to this area and uh, working a little bit and then um, through that I got back involved with um, North County Christian uh, uh, as a coach mm-hmm. I mean a basketball coach and so I agreed to do it and through that, that's where I met my wife, uh, through God's incredible timing. Um, we met on a flag football field where she uh, was playing, uh, they were playing an alumni versus student homecoming game because we didn't have a football team mm-hmm. that year. She was a teacher at the she, time. Yeah, she was a teacher. She came up from uh, L.A. where she lived and was a teacher in North County at math. So she came pretty much almost right after I left, basically. Okay. So that was her second year there. And um, she was playing, and I was the referee, and mm-hmm. she uh, tore her ACL on a play, and I oh. carried her off the field. 
I have heard about this story forever. Everyone, everyone has told me, like, I wish I would have been there. Like, Brian was, like, the hero of the game. So it's right out of a movie is what I'm It told. is. I've always wanted to, like, write a book or movie. Like that. We just have an incredible story of how yeah. our lives kind of were separate and how we came together. Um, it's nothing but God. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason that we're together. And... Uh, we dated uh, for a month, and then we were engaged, and we were married wow. three months later. Oh, wow. so, I didn't realize it was only a month of dating. Actually, it wasn't qu- qu- quite a month. It was about, <laughs> 30, about 30 days, Christmas so, Eve. So let's ask, well, hold on, yeah. let's stop there for a second. So how did you know that um, she was the one? It was, I think, because both of us, we had a lot of life experience, mm-hmm. living by ourselves for a while. Um, and just going through different really bad relationships um, and just different trials in our life that we kind of both came to a point that we know what we wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was coming out of just a low period in my life. And, um, you know, I, I knew of her because she was a basketball coach at North County. I was like, oh, basketball coach at North County. Okay. I'm, Doesn't get any better. I know. I was like, <laughs> you, know, that's just, you know, that can't be. I never had that when I was there. So, so But I didn't know who she was at the football game. It wasn't until um, after she tore ACL that I actually knew that's who she was. Oh, wow. Um, and so it was kind of just an, uh, another God thing happened. I substituted for a teacher for a week right after that happened. So it kind of uh, planted me to be at the school and kind of, a friendship basically mm-hmm. and uh through that we got to still know each other and and i went to coaching basketball so that kept me on campus more and talking with her and um it was right after thanksgiving i think we started going out and then i proposed to her on christmas eve and mm-hmm. um it was it was uh, i it's hard to explain how i knew we just both knew yeah um it was an easy, it was an easy relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nothing hard about. It. We were very honest with each other and what we've done in our lives, bad and good. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was a big thing. And um, I think God knew that we both need each other at that time. And she needed someone to help her because she had a torn ACL for several months before she got repaired, and then the therapy afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think we just both completed completed each other basically yeah you know we filled uh, our broken hearts and um and we both just kind of fit each other's lives and yeah. so it was a just a great time and it was hard I and mean, we went through two surgeries in the first three months of our, our marriage yeah um, so you guys were engaged for three months you yeah said. and I she didn't have married. surgery at all until after we got married um she taught still with a torn ACL and meniscus for several months and then got married with it um, yeah. And then about a month after we got married, she had her first surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so we had, she had recovered from that and then had her actual ACL surgery. And then we basically spent the whole summer uh, rehabbing and getting better. And so it was a it was a to go through two surgeries like that in the first couple months of your marriage. It's it's trying. Mm-hmm. That's um, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Those yeah. months are hard anyway. Yeah. I mean, you're learning something new about pe- uh, somebody. Um and learning how to um, live in the same, you know, being a married couple mm-hmm. and also dealing with pain, mm-hmm. um, yeah. lots yeah. of pain. and That makes people different, too. Yeah. So. You know, and uh, she was amazing through it all um, to, you know, do what she did and work how she did with the torn ACL and um, 
constant pain she was in, it, it was heartbreaking for me. Mm-hmm. There was nothing I really could do other than just be there for her. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was definitely a, and God has always put, always putting me as kind of a servant's heart and always wanted to help, um, people. And so it kind of just fit perfectly for our relationship that I was there to do that. Um, and it was hard for her cause she wasn't necessarily used to that. Um, so it was like kind of that, you know, you have to let me do this instead of, and it, you know, it took her for a while to like, okay, realizing she didn't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean that was challenging, and then we've been married for five and a half years now, um, and um, every summer we've never known um, kind of our work situation. You know, both of us have been teachers. Um, I worked in other, I worked in some rec- recreation jobs in between teaching, but we've never had the job security, you would say. But God has always provided a job for us um, during the summer, and um, even. Uh, this about two years ago, um, I was I had a part time job being an athletic director. Finally, becoming a position that I wanted down in Coastal Christian, but it was never was going to pay. Mm-hmm. It was part time and live in this area, paying rent. Um, you, you really can't survive on on that. And so we we're trying like, what are we going to do? It's like, well, and we had a kid at this point too. Um, so it was hard. And then uh, she got called to be a substitute at, at her old school in Templeton, and. Um, it turned out that she was offered a full-time position the day she subbed there because wow. they were the math teacher they hired didn't work out. And so she was hired for a full-time position wow. there. And so it was like totally unexpected, crazy, you know, got health insurance, a good job, yeah. you know, everything that we kind of needed. And so we kind of got to do both um, at the same time, which was the first time we both had, um, not the first time, but we both had jobs that we wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then she got let go the next year because it was just a temporary position again. And then, she finally found a job at this great charter school in San Luis that she's absolutely loved, this last two years. So. And you guys have two children. Now. Two children. Uh, um, our son Liam, who is uh, about to turn three, and our daughter Katie, who's uh, about seven months. Wow. So. She's working at the charter school, mm-hmm. and you're not working full time right now. You're no, we um, yeah, we um, with last year where we were both working full time, um, we only had um, one kid in in preschool. We found a really good preschool, and we were happy with it. And so we were working both full time. And then um, when we had our daughter in February, my my wife took the rest of the year off um, for maternity leave, mm-hmm. and so um, I was able to um, I took some time off also. And then I went back to work, and she just stayed home with the kids. And um, but after we after the year, we kind of looked at our finances. We're like, um, we actually made less with both of us working full time jobs. Well, um, well, and a child, and, and a child, and yeah. and then because you put them in daycare, and daycare mm-hmm. so expensive, and then having another one and putting her in childcare, and mm-hmm. her being so young, it's so much more expensive. Yeah. Um, and working at a private Christian school, we get they don't get paid very much mm-hmm. um, and it was my whole paycheck would have just gone straight to daycare yeah. it was very hard I was I was gone a long time and my son didn't, didn't necessarily understand yeah. you know mm-hmm. you're gone a lot and you only see him for maybe an hour a day mm-hmm. um, that's about it it's usually in the morning or in the evening yeah. right before he goes to bed and you know then you have the weekends and usually by the weekends I'm pretty worn out mm-hmm. um, but you have to find a little bit left you know because yeah. he's, he's a toddler so mm-hmm. and we've, we've always just you know always decide that we didn't want someone else raising our kids mm-hmm. um that was something big for us because uh, we think that's important at least for one of us if the opportunity arises 
to raise our kids, especially at this young age. Mm-hmm. I actually stayed home with our son after he was born and my wife went back to work. Okay. Um, so you're so, somewhat familiar to this. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely different with boys and girls, but um, I wasn't necessarily scared. I mean, it, it was a little scary when I had, I had our son because I was the first one to be alone mm-hmm. taking care of him, being a parent. And I was like, okay, and it's all on me. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's scary. And I remember the first day Joey left me home. <laughs> Which, let's be honest, okay? <laughs> he left me home with two, like the day I got home with Reed. He yeah. was like, I have a job I have to go to. And it was terrifying. I was like, oh my gosh, if something happens, this is just on me. It's just me. So you, at this point, you guys decided to have you stay home yeah. with the children. How was that for you? Was that an easy decision that it was you? Or did you at every point think that it should be your wife? Or was it just um, this made sense? You know, I mean, we kind of look at it that um, she finally had a job that she's loves in a, a, a school that she loves with a staff that she loves being around um, which she's never had before um, through five years or four years of teaching at different schools and jumping around um, and that it wasn't fair for me to ask you know I, I didn't want her to go you know back home I know she, I know she would want to cause she loves her kids and wants to mm-hmm. yeah. um, but um, you know to leave a school and a job that she really loves um, and me doing it before with Liam wasn't as difficult for me to make that decision. Um, but in the end, it came just down like, you know, who do we want raising our kids? Mm-hmm. You know, us or someone else who we don't know if they share our beliefs, mm-hmm. share our, how we parent or anything like mm-hmm. that. My plan is stay home until they're 18? No. Yeah. But, um, you know, this is where we are right now, and mm-hmm. next year we'll see how things go. It just kind of, kind of take it a, a year at a time, in essence. So starting off, I'm thinking of, like, the basics of staying home. Um, what were some of the hard things for you to adjust to at the beginning? Um, I think uh, with Liam and Kate, it's a little different because I, um, I, I left my, my full-time teaching athletic director job at Coastal. With Liam? With, with Katie. Oh, for Katie. Yeah, right. I mean, that's the first time I had a full-time teaching in my athletic job. Should, that's what I wanted, but I wanted to do my whole life was be an athletic director. Mm-hmm. Um, and to... I don't say give it up, but to move on, decide that I was going to do that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was hard because that's my dream. That's why I went to college, and that's what I wanted to do. It was a little more hard, a little harder adjustment because with with Liam, it was more. I think I was just coming off a part time job um, that I really wasn't in love with at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't that big of a deal for me. Um, and I've always wanted to be, you know, a father that's around mm-hmm. and involved. I mean, it's definitely. A, a challenge because you're um, you're at home and your wife's at work and you have to kind of manage things a little differently. We have different personalities and different how we do things mm-hmm. and routines and um, and you know she thinks of a lot more different things than I do and I'm like I don't really care about that <laughs> just because I'm a guy and I don't think like that. Well, and I think that's in any yeah. any relationship, anything. You're yeah. just you're different personalities, especially with parenting. You're going to do it differently. Yeah, we have a we, I mean, we have a great relationship where we trust each other and. You know, I think she feels really comfortable. I mean, my wife feels really comfortable going to work, knowing that I'm at home instead of mm-hmm. um, sending off daycare. So we've had, we actually had really two really bad experiences with Liam in, in daycares before we put him in this mm-hmm. great preschool um, that were horrible, um, that were just not good, not good situations for him. And it was hard for us because we didn't have any options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there isn't a lot of options in this area, and the ones that are open, they're, they usually have openings for a reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the ones that aren't open are the ones you want to get into, and there's a wait list. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, then you have to like, okay, how much is it? Well, you know, we don't have an option, so 
so it wasn't for us it wasn't it really wasn't that hard of a decision for us to decide for me to stay home so I'm gonna I'm gonna dabble into some territory that I'm not sure if I should but I'm gonna go there anyway um did you feel like at any time there was ever the thought in your mind of the wife should be the one to stay at home um because that's a common stereotype yeah quite often it is it is a very common stereotype um I think more so in the kind of the Christian realm. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, definitely not. I think it's becoming more not in the mainstream. A lot more women are working and mm-hmm. um, out there working, being um, both mom and working mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think in the Christian, conservative Christian area, there's still a lot of that mentality. I don't I don't think, I think we kind of look at it as if we're both equal and mm-hmm. how we do things. Um, I don't really feel like there's a, you know, you have to stay home because you're the mom. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we make, we make do, you know, if it was, if I had the full-time job and I had benefits and then she would stay home mm-hmm. and I would work. Um, it just doesn't work like that right now. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, she went to a lot of school and has a master's and so she gets, can get paid a lot more. I think that just kind of comes down to it. Do you feel like you have ever gotten any judgment from that? Um, it, a little bit here and there. I mean, there's definitely some stereotype to, you know, being home, being the male and being home. Um, when, I, when I told my previous administrator that I was leaving, he, oh, you're going to go home to be Mr. Mom. Mm-hmm. And I hate that term because mm-hmm. um, I'm not their mom. Mm-hmm. I'm just being their dad. Yeah. That, yeah. That's how I look at it. I'm not, I'm not being anything special. I'm just being their dad. Um, and for me, being dad is being home mm-hmm. and taking care of them, you know, and I'm not being their mom. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking her role. I love that because I, I, I've never heard it said quite like you just said it. And I, I appreciate that, especially as a mom, mm-hmm. like thinking that. Because I think sometimes, you know, and we've talked about it before, even with single parents, them saying like, we have to be mom and dad, but you can't be. Yeah. So it's, that's refreshing and really neat to hear that that's how you think of it. Um, and I also think that, like you said, there's, there's a lot of stereotype around that still. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot. I know that moms, that's, this is why I like having a male on here because I know as moms, we get it when we hear we have to go back to work. Mm-hmm. We get that thought of, you know, people judging, well, you should be staying home with your kids. Don't you want to be the one raising your kids? And it's neat that you've been able to see that from both sides. Have you, like, when do you guys do play dates or anything like that? Like, how, what does a day look like for you as um, a stay at home dad? It, I mean, it varies um, with Katie right now because she's still young. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just kind of chill at home. And, you know, we go out occasionally to do errands and stuff like that. Um, but Liam's at preschool about four days a week. Okay. Um, How long so, is preschool? Um, pretty much all day. Uh, Kelsey drops them off and picks them up. That's nice. Yeah. So it's good because he needs an outlet to play. Yeah. We have in a big playground. And, That's awesome. Um, he's a very energetic little boy and needs that stimuli. Mm-hmm. Lots of other um, kids. Yeah, and um, when he's at home, it, it's... It's great because it's hard because we, we've talked about this. It's like, well, I'm home. Should he be home too? Mm-hmm. You know, and to save money. And that makes sense, but is it really helping him? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we kind of look at it. You know, we, first we had him at three days. We're like, okay, we'll try three days. And then it was after, I think, a week or two, we're like, like, I have to pay all my attention to him. And our daughter gets completely just, and she's a super chill baby and she's totally fine, but it's like, I'm completely not neglecting her, but mm-hmm. my focus is on him because he's, you know, a toddler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's going on three and he's 
big personality and (laughs) super energetics and he wants all the attention, Mm -hmm. uh, being that, you know, notorious firstborn. Um, and, uh, and we were saying that that's just not, that's not necessarily fair for Katie, Mm -hmm. um, to have that, you know, one-on-one atmosphere and see her growth. Um, and so, you know, we put him to four, four days a week and that day that he's with us, it's good. The first day I was like, oh my gosh, kind of both at the same time and let's see how this goes. And he was like amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, now days after that haven't been, I haven't been amazing, <laughs> but the first day he was, he like knew that like, it was like this like stressful situation, Yeah, you know, like, okay. And like, I got, you know, she was still pretty young. She was, yeah. you know, just probably about five months, four months old. And like I said, she's a super chill baby and super happy baby. And like, she would just, you know, kind of be upset a little bit, but that's about it. Um, yeah, I mean, God definitely blessed us with that. Yeah, um, I've seen her. She's the cutest thing ever. She's always smiling. Yeah. Every single time I've seen her. She's always got a smile on her face when she wakes up, before she goes to bed. And we, we joke that she's like my uh, like my mom, her G-ma, because when my, when my mom gets uh, tired a little late at night, like 11 p.m., she gets giggly. <laughs> and so like, oh, Kitty's just like, when she gets tired, she's super, super giggly and, and smiley and stuff like that. Oh, my um, so I'm wondering, since listening to your day, I know from one of from one of the things for me and other stay-at-home moms that mm-hmm. I've talked to is they have a hard time finding like a community or you know they're by themselves all day. For me, that was the hardest thing is I'm by myself all day. Well, I'm with kids, but not someone who's having a conversation mm-hmm. with me, right? Do you think that that's harder as a stay-at-home dad to find a community to do it with, or do you think it's about equal? Because I know it's hard for stay-at-home moms to find that too, but. Um. I think it kind of depends on the person. Okay. Um, it depends on uh, if that's a, if someone needs that. They need that community. They need that um, people to be around. I know there's mm-hmm. people that kind of need that. Yeah, it would be great to have you know people come over, but I don't necessarily need it. I think that's just the difference between guys and girls, too. Um, I, think, mm, I, think, I think girls are a lot more relationship-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, they like you know the chatting and the talking mm-hmm. and getting together. Um, and we go, you know, when we go to the playground with Liam, there, you know, there's always, you know, mm-hmm. the, the women there and they're always, you know, talking, chatting, the kids are <laughs> running around on the playground. And, um, that is, that is totally true. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think that's, that's just point. the difference, you know, and, you know, dads, you know, I, I think most men, you know, don't necessarily need that. And there's probably a little bit of awkwardness too. Um, you know, I mean, how many dads are going to go out, go walk up into, you know, a bunch of women like, Hey, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. talk, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so they might just kind of do their own thing mm-hmm. um, and just kind of handle how they're going to handle it. Um, That's a really good point because I do. I'm, I'm a talker, obviously. <laughs> um, but my biggest thing is I would be home all day with the boys and then Joey would come home and I would, like, barf on him all of my words that I didn't get to use all day, right? And he was he was the one telling me, you need to go make friends. <laughs> yeah. I, go talk to someone else all day. Because it was, but you're right. I didn't think about that in the sense of we are community-based and more relational and just talkers. What yeah. do they say? We have to have, like, however many thousand words a day. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I mean, there's points where it's like, it'd be great to talk to an adult every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but with technology these days, you know, I'm, you know, I'm usually texting with my wife throughout the day. Yeah. Um, texting with other family members, you know. Um, you know, so I kind of get the interaction. I know it's not like the same, but mm-hmm. um, you kind of get that interaction through that. But, um, you know, I've never, I've always been, I don't say shy, but when I was younger, I was a lot shyer than I am now. 
Um, you'll never have seen me do this. <laughs> but um, but I've kind of come out of that and, you know, being able to teach and coach and be in front of people has helped yeah. me do that. I don't look, I mean, I don't look at it as something I have to do. Mm-hmm. Something like, yeah, we would be nice to do. And, you know, me and my wife would love to have more play dates with other friends and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but a lot of our friends have moved away. You do after a while, if you have several days of where it's just like you're not going out, you're kind of like, oh, okay, it'd be nice to talk to an adult again. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, you just kind of have to break up the days by, you know, just going out, you know, going out in public. And mm-hmm. my daughter's really cute, so a lot of people talk to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, oh, she's so cute. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, so um, as long as you, you know, that's what I kind of look at if you're, you know, going out, you know, out in the world still. Yeah. You're not, you don't really feel like you're closed off. So is there anything drastically different between, uh, in your opinion, between a mom staying at home versus a dad staying at home? Like the experience or what the kids get? It's hard to say. Um, I feel like it's really situational. And situational. On the, I think, the I think, yeah, I think we kind of should look at we're both parents. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with mom, they might, um, especially right now with Katie, you know, get more... Um, you know, the breastfeeding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you get that instead of the bottle. But I've never liked, you know, like, hey, this is, it's like you're dealing out cards. And like, hey, this is the mom's job and here's the dad's job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that works for a lot of different families. And, um, but, um, you know, when we got married, it was not divvying up who's, who's what and who mm-hmm. does what. Um, we went into it equals. Yeah. So I have a question. Yeah. So how, how are your responsibilities around the house? Situated, I guess, like since because usually it's me and Jen Lee were talking about this about a uh, podcast that we heard about mm-hmm. uh, the male's role and the female's role in society and within households and everything. And if the 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 man is working and then the mom is at home, like obviously the household stuff, like laundry, dishes, taking care of the kids, like grocery shopping, all of that. I know it's really stereotypical, but mm-hmm. how, how are those roles, and did they switch between when you guys got married and uh, established a routine, and then kind of switching jobs, and you staying home more, or her staying home? Yeah, um, I, th- I, I think we kind of just do everything together. Um, I mean, I don't love cleaning. Mm-hmm. Um, Who does? I know, it's Can true. Just be honest? No. Um, like Monica so, and, and I think this is the difference, you know, and this has kind of led to a couple... Uh, disagreements with my wife i i don't look at things and and uh, as as being super dirty and she might go that's disgusting Mm -hmm. i'm like she's like do you notice that i'm like no i don't think about it (laughs) and the funny thing is though i'm gonna be completely transparent here that's how i am yeah so i that's totally personality based i think because Mm -hmm. joey in our house is like jelly you're the worst (laughs) homemaker in the world (laughs) And I, I won't even notice. Yeah. To be completely honest, I'm yeah. like, oh really? I mean, um, we we both do laundry. Uh, there's no, I don't, I don't really see that there's any um, designated jobs. Yeah. In our in our household, um, you know, I, I usually take out the trash. Good man, good man. <laughs> but I've, I've always done that ever since we got married. You know, other than doing you know yard work, um, we just kind of do everything together. If something gets done, we do it. You know, if she says, hey, can you clean this? Okay. You know. um. So something that's super interesting, even about this question, right, is how, like you said, stereotypical it is. 
I'm going to jump more from like your experience into your opinion now, mm-hmm. but um, why do you think there's so much stereotype around that? Even now, because a lot has changed, right? Mm-hmm. A lot has changed. Women are CEO. Mm-hmm. Women are working not all the time. There's working moms. It's not an uncommon thing anymore. Mm-hmm. So why do you think that this topic, because even talking about it with people, this has been a topic that people have been like, we're going to have a man on the podcast. It's going to be a stay-at-home dad. Like all sorts of stuff. Why do you think there's so much stereotypes still around that topic? Um... You mean kind of in the Christian mm-hmm. area? Yeah. Um, I think because you look at the Christian realm and you look at biblical perspective, um, and there's a lot in, in the Bible you don't see um, too many, you know, women in high roles or mm-hmm. roles, you see, you know. And God calls men to lead their families and be leaders and, um, and things like that. And I think people might take that differently and roll with it and uh, I think society has made that into a way that you know men have been in you know in charge in other words you know throughout society Mm -hmm. Um, and God put men kind of in charge in in the beginning of time does that mean women couldn't do it I don't know or how much was cultural yeah and a lot of it is cultural in context and Mm -hmm. um, all that stuff Um, you know I mean there's there's a lot of those stories about women doing amazing things in the Bible, mm-hmm. you know. Do you feel like, and you made a good point with the leading, right? Mm-hmm. And the first thing that I thought was how it's almost, in a way, stereotypical that to lead would be that you have to go out and be the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yet thinking of what you do and how much time you spend with your kids, thinking... Is that really leading? Yeah. You know, like that is the real leading. You're at home and you're instilling the values with your, within your children and teaching them the lessons. Do you think that that's something that most people are not aware of? Or? Well, I never made my, very much money in my life. <laughs> Being a teacher, you don't do that. Oh, that's true. Um, so I'm, I'm okay not making a lot of money because <laughs> um, I'm used to it. Um, but on a serious side, um, you know, it's... You know, it's it's just providing for your family. Um, you know, it's not her money or my money; it's our money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and she she's working. When we were both working last year. We put all our money in together, and it goes into one bank account. You know, it's not her money, my money. Um, so, what does like as a man then? What does leading your family look like to you? Leading can be in a lot of different ways. Um, I've always been a more quiet leader, leader mm-hmm. as a quiet leadership role. I'm never the person that's going to be in front of everybody leading the charge, you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been told when I coach basketball, I have a different personality. Um, that might be a little bit true. I was going to say, uh, I kind of agree <laughs> with that. <laughs> um, but I'm usually a, a kind of reserved role. I'm not a big, I don't like confrontation. I mm-hmm. kind of shy away from it. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I, I've known, I've never, I'm not the typical stereotype for a guy. Mm-hmm. Um I've always had good relationships with, you know, friends, female friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been a good listener. Um, I've always been good uh, at getting advice. Um, I even thought about being a counselor for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've helped a lot of, you know, high schoolers, you know, to help with doing that, just listening and stuff like that. And I've always had um, good relationships with students who come into class. And um, the kids that necessarily might not be the most popular kids, um, seem to gravitate a little more towards me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because I, I don't look at them and automatically judge them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of figure out who they are. But um, God does uh, gave me a lot of patience in life. And, and so I think leadership is a lot different. Um, 
you know, at some, and I think leadership changes throughout your marriage too. Mm-hmm. I mean, at first, you know, when we were first married, it was, you know, leadership was, you know, being there for my wife and, mm-hmm. you know, telling her, like, hey, you need to stop. Like, you have to take care of yourself, which is hard for her. Her being a firstborn, me being kind of baby, but also single because me and my sister seven years apart. Mm-hmm. And me and my wife being so much older when we got married. And we're the oldest people in our family to get married. Mm. Um, How old of, were you when you got married? Um, I was 20, 29, 28, I think, okay. right around there. And Kelsey not that right old. Right. Really getting married. But it isn't. But um, in kind of in the Christian context. community, it is a little bit older, actually. It is. Yeah. Um, and in our Ooh, family, isn't that interesting? in our family, it is. Um, you know, and you know, having kids, you know, in our thirties, mm-hmm. I think it's becoming more mainstream now. A lot more people are having kids later, and so. Um, but I think for like our parents' generation, yeah, um, they had true. kids younger. They got married younger. That's what they kind of expected. I mean, my mom and dad. My mom got married when she was nineteen. Yeah, my so dad was like twenty, was like, yeah. twenty-one. And my sister got that's married true. when she was twenty. It was that's just kind of the thing, you know. And I'm you know I'm twenty-eight, twenty-nine when I got married. And I'm like, you guys don't quite understand. Like, you guys are still you know barely out of high school. Yeah. You know. Yeah, um, so I've I lived a lot more life single, um, than. Than you guys did, mm-hmm. um, and that's the, and that's just my life. That doesn't mean it's wrong or right. Yeah. That's just how my life was. Yeah, I love that you said that leadership changes, um, because I've always thought, and this is just my opinion, but I've always thought it's interesting that within families, a lot of times the the male feels pressured to lead, especially spiritually, because mm. you're supposed to be the head of the house, mm-hmm. right? Um, when sometimes that's not the place that they're at. Sometimes mm-hmm. they need to be led, right? Or sometimes, you know, the woman does is not in a place spiritually and needs to be led by the man. But, like, I've always thought it, it will change and it will go different directions. One time your wife might be the one that's like, you know what, right now I'm going to hold us up spiritually mm-hmm. because of the place that you're at, or the next time it's you holding her up spiritually. So it's interesting and really fascinating to me that it does. I, I agree with you. I, I think it does change yeah. a lot what that looks like. Well, I think that's marriage. It's yeah. changing. And if you don't change throughout your marriage, um, then you're not doing it right. I, I agree. Because if you're not growing throughout your marriage, um, and you know, leadership should change. It should look different mm-hmm. when you're first married compared to your five years and 10 years and mm-hmm. 20 years. And when you're kids and when you're young and you know, then when they're gone, it should all look different. Mm-hmm. It should never look the same. And you should never be the same person. No, I remember, and you know, our well, I we had a high school teacher. I don't know if you had him or not, but um, that told us don't write in your yearbooks mm-hmm. to each other. Don't ever change. Yeah, that would be a travesty if you yeah. never change. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on a serious note, I like that because I think for us as women, and all you can tell us your perspective, but as women, I think a lot of times we're kind of timid to lead mm-hmm. spiritually because we think that's not our job. Our, we're supposed to submit, right? But Part of submission is knowing when we're needed. Yeah, it, it, um, I'm always whenever there's kind of like that uh, that talk about women and what's their place, kind of in the church and mm-hmm. living. You know, oh, they're supposed to submit. I'm like, well, God also calls uh, Jesus also calls men to love their wives like God loved the church. And um, if you're treating your wife like that, that's not how God loved the church. Or Jesus, mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of one of those things that you know if you're going into it thinking that your wife's already less than you. Mm-hmm. Um, you've already failed because we're all created in God's image and God did not create women to say, well, Adam, she's actually less than you. Mm-hmm. It's not, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all um, equal in God's eyes. So if we're equal in God's eyes, why shouldn't we be equal in each other's eyes? I think that's a lot of issue with society today. Mm-hmm. We look at people and we don't think they're equal than us. 
Um, it doesn't matter if they're successful or poor or, you know, whatever ethnicity they are or where they come from. We judge them before we even know them. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's hard, especially in the Christian um, realm. And I think that's what breaks my heart the most is seeing Christians, you know, judging and thinking that they're better than people or they have more money so they're better mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like... Uh, we go to this church so we're better than yeah, over there. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like, that's not how God is. That's not how Jesus is. Um, nowhere in the Bible is that mm-hmm. ever the case. Um, and, you know, Jesus is a perfect example. Who is Jesus hanging out with in the Bible? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not the rich people. Mm-hmm. It's not the Pharisees. You know, Pharisees come find him with the... the the lowlies, the sinners. Mm-hmm. He's hanging out with the, you know, the prostitutes mm-hmm. and, and changing their lives. Yeah. Um, and touching the people that yeah, they touched. And, and, and yeah, and that, and that, in that era of the time, that was, you know, touching, actual touching mm-hmm. someone who is, you know, unclean, mm-hmm. you know, was like the worst thing ever. Yeah. And, but, you know, Jesus frequently did that. And he met, while we're on this topic, he thinking of how he met everyone at their place, right? Yeah. It wasn't you have to be a certain way to come to me. It was meeting yeah. them at their place. I was just um, talking to someone about the part where Peter, you know, betrays Jesus three times and denies knowing him. And then when Jesus comes back and gives him the chance to say he loves him three times, I was looking at the Greek and well, I was talking with our pastor, and we were both looking at the Greek, and he was saying that the first time that he asked Jesus asked Peter, "Is do you love me?" He asks him agape, love is agape, so like the God kind of love, right? Mm-hmm. And Peter says, "You know I love you," but he says phileo, which is the friendship love. And then so Jesus asks again and says it with agape, and he says phileo again. And then the third time Jesus meets him where he's at and knows like, okay, maybe Peter can't doesn't mm-hmm. feel worthy of giving that right mm-hmm. now. So he gives him, do you love me? The third time is phileo. So he meets him like at that place of, okay, I'm going to meet you here. That's, that's what you can do right now. That's okay and that's mm-hmm. enough. That's more than enough to restore his heart in that moment. And I love that because like, that's to me what you're saying is like that's Jesus. The fact that he's right there with all of us no matter what. We are all, in his eyes, on the same playing field we're just not in each other's eyes in that way which is sad mm-hmm. because judgment creeps in yeah i mean especially in a, especially in a marriage or you know with your kids or with anything you're kind of um if you don't look at each other and think you're equal mm-hmm. think that your wife or your husband or however it works out is less than you or is tight it has to do certain things um then it's going to cause resentment mm-hmm. um and resentment's going to last for a long time and it'll build and it'll get angry and, um, you know, that's not how you want, you know, your life to live with someone that you want to live the rest of your life with. Yeah. You know, and that might just be my life experience and what I've seen, what I've been through and what Kelsey's been through. Um, but, uh, we've never had, you know, a talk like, what's my role? What's your role? Mm-hmm. It's just kind of, we do what we have to do. Which is unique though, honestly, to you yeah. guys, cause that's not common. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the Christian realm, that's not common. And that's one of the things that is exciting about having you be the one on here and have you be the voice because I think that, well, I know I was somewhat leery on having a man on here. Um, Not because I don't agree with males or anything like that, but just the topics that we're talking about right now, how that would be discussed, and it's very different with different men. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I love sports. I love playing sports. I love action movies. I mean, I'm still... (laughs) 
Oh, guy, I'm guy. I'm not saying you're not I know, a man. I know. Call <laughs> my guys who are listening out there. Still manly. But it's sorry. It's kind of that you know. But uh, God's just um, put in my in my my life this ability to um, see other things. I mean, I have family members who are going through a hard time and um, and asking me questions and that are very emotional questions um and i just have the ability to kind of take the emotion out of it and think logically mm-hmm. and um you know because you know emotion when you're dealing with really emotional topics you know changes what the whole essence of the question is it does yeah and if you don't you, but if you don't if you take the emotion out of it then you can actually get to an actual positive answer because mm-hmm. um you know especially you're talking about divorce and like oh he needs to do this and he needs to He's, you know, he's a horrible father and doesn't, but I still have to like, well, the problem is, is, you know, logically, you know, you're still, he's still their father and it's 50, 50. And I know he's not a nice person, but that's what the rule is. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing to change about it. And you going down that road all the time isn't healthy for you. And so I kind of take the emotional outside of it. And I'm not saying there's not emotions because there is, because they're very raw emotions, Mm -hmm. but you have to look at those emotional things and so, and take a step back and think logically. Um, you know, my wife would say, I'm, you know, I don't communicate great a lot of times. And I, I don't, that's something I'm working on. And it's because I um, am very cerebral in how I think. And so I think about what I'm going to say before I say it. So if we're in a disagreement or something, um, you know, and she asks me a question, I'll, I'll spend time thinking about it and really think, okay, what's the right answer? And I'm trying to take my emotion out of it. If I'm angry or upset or something she did is frustrating to me, um, yeah, I could lash out and make my point and, you know, yeah, I scored a point for me, you know, mm-hmm. but does that really help us in the long run? No. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I really try to calm myself down, you know, think logically, think about, you know, what if she did something that, you know, is frustrating or bothersome to me, does it really matter? Like, if I look at it, like, does it really bother me? Does it really, is it really going to change anything? Like, mm-hmm. um, and I just um, think of a lot of people kind of take a step back instead of just their first initial reaction is to, you know, snap or, you know, mm-hmm. get that, get that, you know, zinger in, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that's the mm-hmm. first most hurtful thing sometimes. No, I totally yeah. 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 And you're like, yeah. and, and then you lose the whole conversation right there. Mm-hmm. And now everybody's defensive. Yeah. And once you're defensive, there's no going back. I relate a lot to that. Jen, Jen Lee knows because I had this problem. I would, in in arguments or disagreements, someone would say what they thought. They would come to me and say mm-hmm. this. And it would be something very emotional. It would be an issue, but they would put a lot of emotion around it. And it would blindside me, and I would not know how to react. So I would take a minute, I would think, and then they would berate me with, why aren't you talking answer quicker what are you stupid and like Mm -hmm. very hurtful things to like get on top of the conversation more but it was the same as what you were saying you know you you want to take time to think you don't want to say something hurtful which you could but you want to be very careful about what you say and it's just really I don't know (laughs) I think it's cool because I I think I'm attracted to more like talkative people because I'm a quiet person. Mm-hmm. And so I've never like connected with someone on that level of 
well, I like to take my time and <laughs> respond. <laughs> well, so. <laughs> but we've talked about that too. And when I'm listening to, okay, so in all fair, when I'm the other type of person, okay. Okay. We, we all know this. okay. <laughs> so just saying, Joey could testify to the fact that I'm the one that's like, give me an answer right now. Um, and I have not worked on that. But um, I think, and I'm listening to you guys, and almost it's changing my perspective a little bit on how I do kind of be the shark with Joey. That seems like such a more loving way of doing it. Like, you guys are putting the effort into finding the way to love them well when you're talking to them. Whereas I'm always thinking, like, well, you're my husband. Let's just hash it out. Just say whatever. I don't care what you say. Just say it. Yeah. We'll come back to it later. Um, which has not proven well in many of our cases, but... I think it also depends on, you know, I think it's a little bit stereotype of, you know, just to hash it out because you see it in movies and shows and... They um, say what they're thinking so the they're, right way yeah. every single time. And then... And it never happens in real life. Yeah, and then, you know, kind of how you're raised, too, and how your parents were is kind mm-hmm. of how you... Um, how you attack conversations and arguments. Mm-hmm. That's um, true because your your family would always talk about it right then, right there, and yes, put it we, all out there. We did. We've, I've talked with Desiree, and my family knows this. My family was the very like, let's sit down and talk about our feelings all the time. We were always together all the time. Joey's family was not. Um, not that they wouldn't talk about it, but it wasn't like immediately. Mm-hmm. And my parents started it with, "What are you feeling?" So I'm, like, starting the conversation with Joey, like, okay, so I'm really angry, I'm really sad, and I'm a little overwhelmed, and all this stuff, and then he's just looking at me. Like, I have no idea what to do with any of that. What's the actual problem? (laughs) That's so true. Like, okay. That's what he does. And that happens constantly, but you're right, it's because that's the way I'm used to doing things. Yeah. Yeah, and the feeling is something you can't fix. It's not. It's, well, the, that's a good it's point. the action behind the feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what's the action that's making you feel that way? That's what I need. The root I need to get to. So while you might say you're frustrated, and some people might never know why they're frustrated. Mm-hmm. I'm just frustrated. Then why? Why are you? I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, once you figure it out, let me know because then I can fix that, mm-hmm. or we can work on it. Um, but if you just say I'm frustrated, mad, and angry, and you're like, okay, and then like appease them, okay, you're good now. And then, but you didn't actually fix the problem that made it. Then it's just gonna happen again. Mm, no, you're right. And not to turn this into like a counseling session, but um, that's been difficult for us in the last month because we've been going through a lot. Mm-hmm. And that, and I have been feeling frustrated all the time. And I will tell him, like, I'm, I'm a little snappy right now. And I told him that, like, I'm, I, and I even told him, I'm sorry, I'm just so angry and I don't know why. And I mean, I do know why, obviously, mm-hmm. we've got a lot going on. But it's, since we don't hash it out, we just sit there and it's like, okay, well, I'm just angry. And now he's like, okay, well, talk to me when you're not. But it doesn't really help us much, you know? That's, mm-hmm. We don't reach that point, which is good where you're thinking. If I, okay, so let me ask you this. How can I pull myself and remove myself from that for a little while to step back and figure out how to articulate myself in a way that will present the problem? Um, I think if you can figure out what the problem is, um, it's almost to kind of taking the emotion out because emotion is is what's driving whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're angry, if you're upset, and especially what you guys have been going through, um, you know, the hurt, you know, you really got to figure out, okay, what am I What am I angry at? I'm angry at myself? Am I angry at God? Am I angry at this whole situation? Um, you know, am I even really mad at Joey? Mm-hmm. Or mad at whoever? You know, yeah. it, I, or I'm just kind of pointing that person because you're my husband and you're the person in the room. 
and the only you know, one that I can, yeah. you know, will listen to yeah. me in that mm-hmm. way. Um, you know, and you kind of guys kind of take a step back in a sense and go, okay, what's causing this? And that's sometimes that's really hard for people. I and mean, that was mm-hmm. uh, hard for my wife when we first got married because she didn't have a, f- a family life that was like that. They were more like the, you know, angry yell, f- you know, mm-hmm. say the meaningful things. And so she had to kind of learn how to not say that. And that was hard in our first, you know, few months of marriage, um, going through and, you know, taking a step back and think before you say something. And yet you're going to be angry because that's just the emotions of the whole scenario. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can really change about that because everybody has emotions. They're going to bring something up. Something's going to make you angry, sad. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I think it's important to point out just for the listeners that emotions are important because yeah. there are, are kind of cue that something yeah. else is going wrong, right? Yeah, there's mm-hmm. that cue there that, you know, God put give us those emotions for a reason. Mm-hmm. That's who makes us human. Um, you know, you always get angry or sad or jealous or frustrated or whatever the emotion is. So it's kind of like what you're kind of saying is they do their job and then you figure out now yeah. that I've been aware of it from the emotions. Yeah, you gotta ask yourself, why am I frustrated? Mm-hmm. Not, um, I'm frustrated, fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, because, you know, the person, your husband or wife is looking at it and going, I don't know what the problem is. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys that look at it and, you know, a lot of arguments like, and a lot of wives like, I'm so mad at you. I'm frustrated. You're not doing anything. And the husband's sitting there like, I don't know what I did. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, true. And they're thinking in their mind, I've done everything good. And like, Why are they mad at me? You're so, Joey has even said exactly that to me. He, we had an argument one time, which I shouldn't say we, I had an argument one time that he full on stopped me and was actually said like, hold on a second. Not at any point in this conversation did you actually tell me what I did wrong. What is the problem? And I'm like, oh. I, just, I didn't, there wasn't one. Yeah. <laughs> You're all, okay. <laughs> we can just stop I'm here. I'm sorry, can we start over? <laughs> there isn't one. Or there is, but it wasn't you. A lot of times we take out our frustration and anger on our spouse mm-hmm. because they're the person there and it doesn't involve them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just because they're near vicinity and they're around us. Yeah. I do love Joey. It sounds so bad this episode. I promise I do. Is there anything else you want to like add before we finish or anything like that that you just think is on your heart or something that should be said? Um, I think uh, if you're a stay-at-home parent, um, you know, there's no rhyme or reason why dads can't be home why dad you know moms can be home yeah this society dad males make more money mm-hmm. uh, they have That's opportunities yeah. so a lot of dads do go to work a lot of moms because they have the opportunity to um, that's just not the case for me and Kelsey mm-hmm. um, you know she has a good job and she enjoys it and we get um, and I'm able to stay home and we can make it financially viable um, you know so don't look at each other and go you know you have roles because mm-hmm. um, once you start putting each other in little boxes and you kind of limit each other and how you guys can grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you kind of just you look at it, hey, we're a team, which is why you got married, because you want to be a team with someone, you know, same team. Your family is your team, you know, family mm-hmm. unit. Um, you kind of grow together. Um, and, you know, if you just, you know, if, I think you enjoy things more if you do things together. Mm-hmm. You know, and just like, oh, well, she's going to do the cooking or the cleaning, or he's going to go work, you know, outside because it's the weekend and that's mm-hmm. his role. Um, but if you just kind of do things together, A, it goes a lot faster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you yeah, both, it does. If you, <laughs> if you both clean the bathroom, it goes twice as fast. But then you can get in the, and you get it done, and then you can spend more time together. Yeah. Which should be the ultimate goal, mm-hmm. is spending time together. And, um, you know, me and my wife, we know, you know, we 
a lot of our time is focused on our kids. And when they're awake, it's all our time is almost on them. We don't get a lot of time just by ourselves. Um, so when we have to do things, because every couple has to do things, or anybody in the home has to do things, mm-hmm. um, you have to find those times where you can do things. And yeah, I can sit on TV and watch football and do things. Like today, I could have sat down and watched the 49ers play. Instead, I helped my wife clean the bathroom because that's what she wanted to do. To me, that was more important than watching a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I can look at my phone and figure out the game was later. The game's not going to change because I'm watching it. Yeah. Even though I enjoy watching it, it's mm-hmm. not going to change when I'm watching it. But what is going to change is that I got to help my wife and spend a little time with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means more to her than me just sitting on the couch doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, vice versa, whatever the scenario mm-hmm. is. Um, you know, and I, I always just want to, you know, just encourage people to, you know, just try to help each other. You know, if you're always trying to help each other, you either grow, and um, there's no such thing as a perfect marriage. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as you're helping each other and working to help each other and um, trying to make each other better each and every day. Um, like John Wooden said, if you work um, every day, you work better, try to make each day better, um, then, you know, it's going to be a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And angels can do no better, basically. It's kind of what he said. I kind of paraphrased it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you can't go back and change something. You know, if you had a bad practice, like that's what's kind of easy. If you have a bad practice, you can't go back the next day and work. You know, go, oh, I had a bad practice. I'm going to do 110% and practice the next day. It doesn't work that way. Mm. But if you continually get better each and every day and always try to do your best, um, in the end, you'll continue to get better. And that's what you should do in your marriage mm-hmm. and in your life, period, is always each day try to be a little better. So that's how I kind of just look at things. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being our first male guest. No problem. Not nerve-wracking <laughs> at all. Um, but just for all the wisdom that you just dropped on us, and oh. I can't wait for our listeners to hear, and thank you for counseling us or me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know about that, but... I um, tinged it a little bit, but I appreciate it. Oh, no worries. <laughs> um, yeah, so honestly, we're, we're grateful, and we're excited to to hear what the listeners have to say. Um, and I just want to tell the listeners, if you guys have any questions or comments or just anything that you guys, your thoughts on it, we want to hear from you guys. So email us um, at talesofmoxie at gmail.com and just let us know. If you want to say anything to Brian, we can pass it on to him, anything like that. But thank you again, Brian. You're welcome. We really appreciate it. And hopefully <clears throat> we'll have you on again on different topics. Oh, okay. <laughs> Give me the guest mail speaker, all right. Yes. <laughs>